It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me slash growth. That's hbs.me slash growth. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Jay King from MassLive.com, here with Sam Jam Packard. The Celtics are in a bad, bad place. Losers of three straight, the worst offense, the worst defensive rebounding team in the league, the worst rebounding team in the league, the worst defensive team in the league. Right now, just a lot of things are going wrong for them. Obviously, they miss Jay Crowder and Al Horford. But even so, this is always a team that has prided itself on playing harder than its opponent. And right now, a lot of guys in that locker room are just bashing themselves, really. Marcus Smart said, we ain't got no heart right now. Isaiah Thomas said, we're not the hardest playing team anymore. It's, I mean, it is a a somber locker room. And one of the most interesting things that, that was said, I, I think, over the past couple of days, after that embarrassing loss to the Denver or to the, the Washington Wizards. They were both embarrassing. They're both terribly embarrassing losses. <laughs> I think the Washington one might have been worse, to be honest. Cause at least Denver it was like, okay, Emmanuel Moutier went berserk. He's not gonna do that a lot. But the Washington one, it was like they just manhandled the Celtics. Every offensive rebound that they want, they wanted, they got. They they were wide open at the three point arc. That was it. wasn't even a contest. It was, it was disgusting, and it was like it, there was no fluke about it. They just got shoved around, pushed under the basket. What makes things crazy just, is that uh, they said all those things about like we don't have heart and we're not like putting in the same effort after the Nuggets game too. So that's what makes the Washington game kind of crazier. It's like they said this already. You think they'd come back after one terrible performance and like come be better in the next one, and it just wasn't the case. Yeah, no, no, no. It's <laughs> no, dead. they they come with the worst first quarter in like the last four decades for the franchise. One of the thirty-seven times since nineteen fifty-four that a team has gotten outscored by twenty-six points or more in the first quarter after 12 minutes of play they, they were on pace to lose by more than 100 points that was it was just disgusting man anyway Isaiah Thomas th- this is I thought the most interesting because obviously if you lose like that you're gonna talk about your heart you're gonna talk about your hustle like those things just weren't there that's obvious Isaiah Thomas was asked how how much they missed Jay Crowder and he said a lot And I'm going to read the quote because I think it's interesting. The wing position in this league, if you're missing that, then it's going to be tough for you. 
especially because we don't have Evan Turner. So it's like we're not just missing Jay. We're missing Evan, who was a big part of what we've done. Now we've got a rookie, Jalen Brown, in his place that things are coming fast for him. He's trying to figure out on the fly as well and at the same time play at a high level. So it's tough, but we got to just sustain or whatever we need to while Jay is out. Help Rook at the things he needs to get better at and go from there. But all the things that we're getting beat at are not because certain guys are out. It's because we're not playing with our heart and we're not giving it our all, our all for whatever reason. So I thought that was interesting. There, there's a lot to unwrap there, but let's go with the, the Evan Turner aspect of it. And basically, Thomas is saying we don't have wing depth anymore. We just don't have it. When Crowder goes out, Evan's not there to replace him. And you know what? He's absolutely right. That's been one of the uh, what I think one of their major problems is that they're reliant on Jalen Brown and Gerald Green, and it's just at this point that not gonna not gonna cut it. One because just Jalen Brown's a rookie, and it's going to be a slow process for him. He's only 19 years old, and Gerald Green is not really a guy who's ever proven that he can like be a complete basketball player consistently. He can get you buckets. He can get you 10 bucket like. 10 points quickly sometimes, but he's not like a, a guy you really want. So yeah, I think Isaiah Thomas is being uh, pretty honest about what he thinks one of the major problems is. And it makes sense because the, the proof is in the pudding, Jay. Yeah. And obviously like you look over in Portland and (laughs) Turner has, I think the worst plus minus of any player in the entire (laughs) NBA. Like Things are not going well for him over there, but in Boston, he was he was their piece that they could just plug in anywhere. Like, okay, Jay Crowder's not in the lineup. We need you to guard the biggest wing score. Go go do it. And and Turner could. You know, we need somebody to handle the ball down the stretch. And so Isaiah Thomas can go off the ball here, Evan. It, the ball is yours. Like he he played backup point guard sometimes. He would he would fill in for whoever came out of the starting lineup. Now they they just don't have that. And Jalen Brown, he is going to be a good player one day. He he can do already so many things that just not a lot of guys can do. But he's a rookie. He's up and down against Washington. Two turnovers in the first two minutes. He got taken out like four minutes into the game. Stevens clearly wasn't thrilled with what Jalen Brown was doing. Jalen Brown has not rebounded at all this year, which is kind of kind of surprising because he was a a plus rebounder at Cal, but. You know, it's the NBA. This this is different. And if, if Evan Turner's on the team, Otto Porter doesn't have nearly as many rebounds as he does. The guards were just horrendous, horrendous rebounding against the Wizards. I went back and what are you talking I about? Honestly, Isaiah Thomas led the led the team in rebounds with six. Yeah, but he he didn't rebound well. I went back and watched all of the offensive rebounds for the Wizards, and Thomas got beat like four times. Like his guy Sadoransky went by him to the baseline once. Like Otto Porter just manhandled him. He didn't even try to box out. Like there were four, I think four plays that he got beat for an offensive rebound. So he needs to do better. Obviously, he's five foot nine, but push a guy out, box out. Not a single player on the Celtics. Like there, there's only a few times I can remember a box out against the Wizards. It was. Like, just high school mistakes. And and they know. All, since the beginning of training camp, Stevens has stressed, okay, guys, we are not a good rebounding team. We need to do it as a team. We need to all box out. And I think what what's happened a little bit 
is they've kind of gone the other way. Like the guards have heard, okay, we need to get rebounds tonight. And instead of turning and blocking out, they're going to grab the rebound. And if Isaiah Thomas goes to grab a rebound, yeah, sometimes he'll get it. But also he's going to be out of position and his guy can crash the glass and go get it. So that happened to him. That happened to Avery Bradley. It happened to Jalen Brown a little bit. It was just gross. And and they need to shore those things up. And Crowder and Horford will help a lot in that area. Like just size, toughness, everything. And and being in position defensively. But the issues go go beyond them right now. Yeah, how much do you think it's like a matter of size or lack of size and the guards kind of know that they're like that makes the guards want to like go back and rebound more i mean the front line uh amir johnson didn't um really look great at all uh boxing out in that game and when you're starting like jarebko he's not going to be he's a kind of a hustle guy but he's not the biggest person i mean you had sean devaney didn't talk to that nba scout the other day and saying that he expects them to trade for a lot like a a guy with more size on the interior who can guard the wing? Uh, is it just like that they're too small, especially with Horford and Crawford out or Crowder? I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's that they're too small. You know, they're not much smaller than they were last year. Obviously, they're playing Terry Rozier in the second unit, but when Crowder comes back, they'll have Jalen Brown, who's at least the same size as Turner, around the same size at least, and longer and more athletic. the The thing is, I, I think. You know, the the biggest concern besides rebounding, which has been an enormous issue so far, the biggest concern to me coming into the season was how do the young guys hold up? Because you knew that Rozier was gonna get minutes, you knew Brown was gonna get minutes. How do they hold up when they get those? Can can they be maybe not plus guys, but can they be not minus guys? And I, I think too often those guys in Gerald Green have been minus guys. And you know, I Obviously, like there have just been like Tyler Zeller's been in. He's not going to probably be in the rotation very long now that Kelly Lennox back and Al Horford's coming back. But to me, like you need to find you need to develop that. And I think the bench will be better by the end of the season because Jalen Brown will continue to grow and Terry Rozier will continue to grow. But right now, those those guys are just kind of kind of figuring out what to do. And it's it's it hasn't always come easy for them, especially defensively. So I, I that's ask a huge you, issue right now. Even when Jay Crowder gets back on the bench, that's going to be an issue. And and you can limit minutes to those guys, but not too much because other than Marcus Smart, the other three guys on your perimeter are Gerald Green, Terry Rozier, and Jalen Brown, who have all struggled so far. Well, I want to ask you about Rozier because I kind of expected him to be um, that. I'd say the eighth guy in the rotation after um, Smart and Olenek. So I kind of um, – he hasn't been that great in the past couple of games when they lost. What do you – like what do you have – what have you seen out of him? I just don't remember him doing anything great offensively. He's made some sloppy turnovers, and but I, I couldn't tell you what he's done on defense. Yeah, it seems, it seems funny now that we had so many conversations in the preseason about like who should – who should be the playmaker, him or Smart? Right now, like Marcus Smart is on a completely different level playmaking-wise. Obviously, he's still going to have his shot selection issues and whatever, but he has looked so much more comfortable with the basketball than Rozier. Rozier, he's, he's going too fast to me, and he's had some, some issues containing in the pick and roll. You know, 
it's just those those guys are just young and and young guys are very rarely good defensively and and that's really hurt the Celtics so far so i mean once once they get their starting lineup back and intact that starting lineup is going to be a great unit we we know that you know they've got two all-stars they got Jay Crowder who's arguably the, their most important player They've well, what's the Amir what's Johnson? the update on these guys on the on Horford and Crowder? Uh, sorry to cut you off there. I was just uh, curious of what what the timetable is because I'm frustrated by the per, uh, uh, concussion protocol. Yeah, you know? I asked a couple a couple guys who hit Horford because that's that's still a mystery. It is. It is. <laughs> Nobody would tell me. So I, I don't know who hit Horford. Actually, was, let's play was, that game right now. Let's was, play the who hit Horford game. It was Stevens, man. It was Stevens. <laughs> Stevens was like, "You guys are soft." Damn it! Like pulled yeah. Bobby Knight, threw a chair at him, <laughs> just slapped him upside his head. Yeah, I think that. Or it's, uh, I'm trying to think of like a big guy who would just like totally go for a block and just not be aware of where his hands were. So it could be. Um, you have to think about that, Kelly Olynyk. Ever heard of him? Yeah, but was he playing at the time? Was he practicing in five? He, he, he was practicing. And oh, it's Marcus definitely Smart. Kelly Olynyk. <laughs> But but it was Marcus Smart's first practice back. Oh, he could have been going way too aggressive and just really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so I, those are probably the two best options. Um, I mean, Olinic. I feel like Olinic probably like like the Kevin Love play. Like he didn't mean to hurt Kevin Love. It was just kind of goofy thing happened, and <laughs> sooner. <laughs> Soon enough, Kevin Love needs shoulder surgery. <laughs> He's yeah. out of the game, and and Olenek is getting death threats. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Olenek. Um, that being said, that that being said, concussions are a serious deal. Horford is getting near the end of the concussion protocol. So Brad Stevens said today that he he did some light work in practice, and that is actually the last step of the return to participation protocol. So if he, if he goes through practice and doesn't have symptoms, he could theoretically be cleared afterward by the Celtics doctor in coordination with the head of concussion, the concussion program for the NBA. So it's it I mean it's probably possible, theoretically possible. I'm not convinced I'm not 100% certain of this. It's probably theoretically possible that he plays Friday night against the Knicks, but he hasn't really done much in the last week. I I would be really surprised if he plays against the Knicks. I think A. Sherrod reported that he wasn't playing, uh, that he's going to be out. So that doesn't surprise me. It makes sense to maybe try to bring him back on the second night of a back-to-back when they were playing. Wow, I'm completely blanking on who they're playing on Saturday. Yeah, the word I heard was that he's doubtful for the Knicks game. And then they play the Pacers Saturday. Uh, to me, you hold him out of those and then give him a practice and, and let him play next week. But who knows? We'll see. Um, he he's gonna he's gonna help a lot, man. I, it, like we're over analyzing all these issues; they're real issues. The defense, the rebounding, those are real issues right now. Jay Crowder and Al Horford are two of the three best Celtics players, and like I guess you could throw Avery Bradley in there now. He he probably deserves to be mentioned as in their top four, but those guys are really really important guys. You take the top. Two, two starters off any team, and the team is going to struggle. So it's not a surprise. 
that they've lost yeah. uh, the three of four games that Al Horford has not played. Or yeah. Jay Crowder. Yeah. yeah, it is. But, uh, I mean, it, it's not too crazy, I think, just because their rotation is different. That bench, it's just young. It's not as defensive-minded. Like, Evan Turner, for all the crap he got earlier in his career, he turned himself into a good defensive player. He could switch screens. He forced turnovers. He could guard ones, twos, or threes. He gave them a lot of flexibility. He gave them – he could pressure guards. Like, he he was a, a, a very helpful player. And, and he and Smart together were really good because – they would come in. Sometimes they were a supersized backcourt. Sometimes they were the, the two and three, and they were a quick backcourt or a quick perimeter. So they, they, they let Stevens do a lot of different things. Now he's got young guys that are just figuring it out. It's a huge difference, huge, huge difference on the bench. And to me, like, and obviously some of those guys, like Jalen Brown starting right now, that is not, not the situation you want him in given how many holes he still has in his game. He he can he's had great games against LeBron James. He was fantastic, but he doesn't do it on a night to night basis, and he certainly doesn't do it on a play to play basis. So, Crowder, Horford, come back soon. <laughs> come come well, back as soon as you can. And Crowder could miss another week. Yeah. So, it, let me ask you about the the rotation because it's basically like. Uh, Celtics team of last year, they had they were had a lot of depth. They didn't have any like really great players, but they were able to go um, pretty deep with like nine different players who were like solid NBAers. Uh, but they basically exchanged both Evan Turner's and um, Jared Sullinger for Al Horford's minutes because, or no, not exact minutes, but Sullinger and Turner had like averaged forty eight minutes a game last year. You're gonna have to replace that with probably thirty five minutes of Horford, and then someone else is going to have to come in. So do you think that um, Stevens will maybe shorten the bench and kind of try to, because they just have less talent, so kind of play the starters more minutes. We saw a lot of player, or at least Smart, Bradley, and Thomas play over 35 minutes the other night, which is not something Stevens did a lot last year. Yeah, I'm interested to see what happens with the bench once once all those guys get healthy. Obviously, Marcus Smart will still be on the bench. He'll still play huge minutes. I, I think Gerald Green will get cut from the rotation. He hasn't done anything to to show that he's worthy of a spot, a regular spot in the rotation, I don't think. He's shooting 39% from the field. He's shooting 29% from the three. And he's he's not scoring. So what's the point of having him on the court? It's It's really not there. He's not a physical wing. He hasn't given them much of a defensive presence whatsoever. So to me, Gerald Green is is gone. I I think Jalen Brown has outplayed him so far. As raw as Jalen Brown still is, he has definitely outplayed Gerald Green. So to to me, it's like, do you go with just Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown? Do you continue throwing Terry Rozier in there? I, I think that's where the Stevens will have to make some decisions on on what what to do and obviously if Rozier starts playing better it's still really really early in the season he has shown potential so it's not like like last year when they were healthy and after they had decided that the David Lee experiment did not work the nine-man rotation was obvious they were coming off the bench with Smart, Turner, Jarebko, and Olenek and that unit 
they played Avery Bradley with the bench and they just forced turnovers. They ran on teams. That second unit with Avery Bradley was fantastic. Now they don't have that clear-cut rotation anymore. It's going to take them a while, I think, to find the recipe for this group. And and maybe it changes because you know Terry Rozier emerges later on because he's growing, or maybe it changes because Gerald or Jalen Brown rather takes takes a big step up later in the season. So to me, you know, you've got Olenek and Jarebko. I think those two guys will be staples of the second unit. But beyond that, the the perimeter and and Marcus Smart obviously, but that fourth spot, if they do want to go to a nine man rotation. Right now, I think it's Brown. Rozier could be up there. Maybe they go with a ten-man rotation. It's it's just not as clear cut as it was last year, and I don't think it. Frankly, it's as good as it was last year, uh, unless Brown and Rozier continue to progress as the season goes along. Yeah, you hope that one of them kind of makes takes that step forward because we've like said it all offseason. Someone's going to have to take over those Evan Turner minutes. I mean, you're going to have more uh, kind of. Uh, of Horford on the court so that's kind of like replaces the Sullinger and Turner but it, you got to go back and still like we need we knew someone needed to step up so we'll see moving forward hopefully the um, Horford can come back or hopefully they can survive these two games uh, without Horford and Crowder uh, over the weekend the Knicks are not the best team and the Pacers are kind of underperforming what everyone expected them to be which I believe I called in our preseason prediction uh, podcast there, there you go. <laughs> Just pat yourself on the back, baby. I you did. You earned that pat on the back. Seven games, and I'm right so far. So I'm going to tell the people. <laughs> you earned that pat on the back. What, what's interesting to me, especially about the bench, for the first time since Isaiah Thomas got to the Celtics, they are scoring without him on the court. Ooh, they that's... are actually scoring more points per 100 possessions without him on the floor, which is. Bananas. That's bonkers. That has is the exact opposite of what has happened in his tenure in Boston so far. And I think that's a good sign because they're going to score with Isaiah on the court. We know that. They've shown it. It doesn't matter what four guys are around him. They're going to put the ball in the basket when the five foot nine lefty is on the court. If you can continue the scoring with the bench and and grow more of a defensive presence then then maybe you got something. Maybe that bench becomes a huge asset down the road. But right now, Evan Turner, everybody thought we were, the Celtics were going to miss his playmaking. Everybody thought they were going to miss his shot creation. It's been completely opposite. No, his defensive, defensive versatility, man. He could guard a lot of positions, and they don't like they don't have that coming off the bench yet. Exactly. It, 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 it's, it's the defense. It's, it's, as you said, the versatility, the ability to switch. The ability to force turnovers, which they still haven't started doing. The ability to plug him into the starting lineup when Crowder was out or whoever else was out. He gave them a lot of options, especially defensively, and 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 he rebounded. And they miss those things right now. They they really, really miss those things right now. And again, Crowder and Horford are huge deals. They are absolutely enormous pieces to this team. They will help all about it, all of everything. They will help in every single category, offense, defense, rebounding, everything. But, you know, the the, the bench defense, I, I think, is going to be an issue. And, and 
And hopefully for them, they, they can continue to score like they have because if you can score when Isaiah Thomas is on the bench, again, that's a game changer. That that changes your offensive ceiling. So that's a really good sign so far. That that That's one of the most promising signs, I think, from from the first seven games. But they, they really do need to develop that defensive mentality up and down the roster. All right, now we're going to go to the uh, the mystery machine, Jalen Brown's mystery machine. Every week we try to name the top five players who belong in Jalen Brown's mystery machine. This is something he tweeted out, I think, in the preseason. It was a picture of him uh, in front of the uh, mystery van. <laughs> the Scooby-Doo. The Scooby-Doo, the Scooby-Doo mis- mystery machine. Yeah, so every week we've tried to name five players uh, who belong to go belong in that van and deserve to go on a ride. And uh, or some t- sometimes it's a sympathy vote. <laughs> we can go a lot of different ways. And this year, I feel like we this week I feel like we might have the the sympathy vote. I'll, I'll start off with the guy who I think deserves to ride the most, and that, that's Jay Crowder. Man, you want to talk? You want to talk about a guy's value becoming more apparent when he's out of the lineup than when he's in it? Look no further than the last three games. Jay Crowder has been out, and the Celtics have been shredded. Just absolutely decimated defensively, decimated on the glass. Jay Crowder, grab, grab a bag of ice, put put your ankle up. You're, you're riding in the mystery machine. Get comfortable, my man. Yeah, front seat, feet up out the window with uh, massive ice packs on it. He's, he's really the... I don't want to say he's the heart of the team. Obviously, like they all play or try to play pretty hard, but he takes the losses so seriously. Like, kind of talking to him post game after a loss, you're just kind of makes you sad because how upset he is about losing. Uh, so he's definitely the kind of the heart and soul of his team. And he, when he's rehabbing, he blow, he deserves in the Mister Machine. He deserves a ride. There you go. There you go. All right, you, your your turn next, baby. Uh, mine's you got to go with. Uh, I think Isaiah Thomas, there's just, I'm going basically, basically uh, just competent performance. There's not a lot of players. There's a short list, in my opinion, who you can compliment on the Celtics right now, and he's been one of them. Uh, he's been kind of the consistent offensive load uh, just in terms of rebounds and assists. I'm not rebounds, points and assists, so he deserves a spot, at least in my mystery machine, because a lot of the other players, uh, I'm not happy with them. Yeah, and and al- along that 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 line I am going with Kelly Olynyk because Ooh. he didn't play in all three of those games. Yeah. <laughs> two, yeah. two of those, one of my, one of my buddies on my high school team, he uh he missed a couple of the games we lost. And he he used to say, "Man, y'all are 7 and 2." <laughs> or or <laughs> y- y'all are 5 and 2. I'm 5 and 0. Oh. <laughs> and so Kelly Olynyk he's like, "Y'all are 0 oh and 3. I'm 0 oh and 1." So Kelly Linick, welcome back. Kelly Linick's going to be a big addition because he's much better than Tyler Zeller. He's much better than Jordan Mickey, two of the guys who have been getting minutes at center. Kelly Linick, you're you're on the mystery machine, my man. Stay healthy. Yeah, Kelly Linick's going to make a huge difference. I think most a lot. He's going to help out the defense. I was, I think it was, um, it was on Celtics blog today. Bill Sy uh, just did a talking about uh, Linick's return, but he had a gif of Olenek playing like great positional defense on one possession, just like really forced a guy off the ball and then just like forced him out of the paint. It was just like perfect Olenek. And I was like, 
fuck yeah, Kelly. I was all in. I was, <laughs> I was hyped for Kelly's return. <laughs> Getting fired up about a Linux positional defense. I love it. That's how I bad it. that's how bad it's been so far is I just needed something to get me going. And it was Kelly's uh um Kelly's positional D. I still don't like his general uh, appearance and haircut and beard, but uh, I can get past that. So he's definitely on the mystery machine, and he looks like he belongs. He looks like Shaggy. <laughs> I don't think anyone has ever been excited about a Linux positional defense as you, as you were. That, I'm that jazzed, was, man. Ready to go. Yeah, absolutely jazzed. Clearly you needed something to, to be excited about after these three games. Oh, absolutely! You're looking for small things, small victories, small victories these days. It's been a tough week. <laughs> Who's your next guy on the mystery machine? Uh, it's gonna have to be uh, Marcus Smart. He scored uh, 18 points in the third quarter last night. That came out of nowhere. Uh, he's been exactly what we thought he was gonna be: is the super intense guy who does a little bit of everything, tries to make winning plays. Is he's been generally competent, so. Mystery machine, come on down. I do. We need to have five. <laughs> I got. I got one, maybe, but it's kind of. He's kind of. He's testing me. Amir Johnson, the big dog. Okay. Okay. The only reason is he had that wild game where he hit all those threes. That kind of earns you a, at least a, a trip in the mystery machine. That was after. Um, we did it last week, so I definitely think he deserves to come on down. All right, yeah, we'll. <laughs> we'll the big dog, back. the big dog went four or four from three and a quarter. I just think like he needs some sort of credit, and if we're not going to recognize him on the mystery machine for that, I don't know who else is going to like really give him what he deserves because the big dog, the big dog impressed that night. Yeah, if we'd given out the mystery machine after the Chicago game, Amir Johnson would have had the keys to the car. He would have been able to pick all the other passengers. He would have been able to invite his friends, his family. He would have been able to drive wherever the hell he wanted. But, you know, we didn't do it after that. Now he's just the big man on the team that keeps getting out-rebounded by 95 boards every single game. So, sorry, Amir. The the mystery machine goes quickly, man. I mean, you're still on there. Got saved by a tough week for everybody else. One guy who kind of got screwed, Avery Bradley. Avery Bradley's playing at an all-star level, near an all-star level at least, and we can't even get him on the mystery machine in a down week. I think that was a little bit of a failure on our part. We botched that one. Sorry, Avery. Anyway, that's it for the mystery machine. That's it for this edition of the podcast. As usual, follow us wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's Audioboom, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever else. Search for Locked On Celtics. Follow us, subscribe to us, give us a five-star rating. We're going to be here Monday through Friday giving you daily podcasts, talking about the Celtics, whether it's good, bad, ugly, miserable defense. Maybe they'll get back to their old selves. Hopefully they'll get healthy soon. Crowder, Horford on the way back. It's been so gross so far. It has been just disgusting basketball. But that's, that's why we're here. We're here to break it down for you. We're here to hopefully give you a couple laughs when they when they they're playing poorly. Hopefully, you know, give you keep keep your smile there when they they're playing well. Anyway, that's it for this edition of the Locked On Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
Everybody should should go watch that Kelly Olynyk positional defense. I'm telling you, go to something plug, watch that one gif, and tell me it's not dope. Hi, you've reached the high fashion hotline. Hi, my family's going to a tailgate, and I want our style to stand out from the crowd. Just go to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's got all the latest fall styles. Plus, during Old Navy's colossal sale, you'll save up to 50% off store-wide. Did you say up to 50% off? I did, so don't sit on the sidelines. Old Navy has the perfect pants from 19 bucks, stylish dresses from 15 bucks, and comfy tees for the family from just 6 bucks. right now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. We're cheering for Old Navy. High fashion, Old Navy. Valid 10-2 to 10-10, select styles only. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.